0: You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. Every year at this time, I am asked to choose my favorite big story episode. And every year, it's tough to figure out which one of our hundreds of shows best sums up my personal feelings about the year. And that is true every year, except this one. In a year, Where we often felt powerless in the face of economic crises, war, climate change, partisan politics, and everything else. My favorite story serves as a reminder to us all, even across the entire animal kingdom, that there is nothing we can't achieve when we work together. So let this be a lesson here at the end of the year. It's time to organize. By the way, everything that you hear in this episode, which was recorded in June, is still happening today. The latest yacht was sunk in November. Boats are now playing heavy metal music underwater to try to deter the orcas. It isn't working. Happy New Year from all of us and take that energy into 2024. In today's environment of endangered species, climate change, deforestation, overfishing, toxic waste, and everything else that can be laid at our feet, us humans tend to like stories of nature fighting back. It's heroic. At this point, it very much seems like David versus Goliath it's the stuff of science fiction movies and suspenseful thrillers and it's easy to root for until it actually happens to you
1: yeah orcas are attacking and
0: sinking boats off the coast of southern Spain We need assistance immediately, Immediately. we need assistance immediately, we are sinking, we are sinking. That's a sailboat off the coast of Spain, late at night, calling desperately for help as the boat sinks. But sinks sounds a little too passive. The boat was sunk in a manner that certainly looked purposeful by a small group of orcas And it wasn't the first time. Almost as much as we love fiction about nature fighting back, we love to write our own narratives on top of animal behavior. Which is, of course, why you're now seeing breathless headlines about orcas fighting back, turning on humans, getting their revenge. All of that. Very human emotions. All searching for a motive when we don't even know if one exists. The boats are being attacked, on purpose, and the behavior seems to be increasing in frequency. So yeah, we do have to ask why. What's changed in these animals? Is there a reason for the behavior? Is it instinct? Is it us? Is it just whimsy? The orcas aren't talking, so we have to look a little deeper. I'm Jordan Heath Rawlings. This is the big story. Stephanie Pappas is a freelance science writer. She investigated the orca's behavior in a piece for Scientific American. Hello, Stephanie. Hi there. I'm going to ask you before we get going, and we will get into the details and the science and this behavior. uh, But first, how weird is this phenomenon?
1: This phenomenon of orcas attacking boats is very weird. It's extremely rare. There's a few scattered cases where one orca has attacked a boat. You know, I think maybe a couple happened in the 70s, but this is the only place on earth that's happening right now. And even there over several years, there's only been three boats that have actually sunk.
0: So take me back to the beginning. When did we first start noticing this anomalous behavior in the Strait of Gibraltar, like in this region?
1: So the first incident in this region happened in May 2020, um, but it didn't really start picking up until later that summer in July. And most commonly what would happen is these small groups of orcas would come up to a boat. And these are usually pretty small boats, often sailboats. Um, And they would start going after the rudder and ramming up against it, and that would spin the boat. And in some cases, they would ram at the hull as well, uh, which would probably be quite scary if you're on this boat. Uh But um, most of the time, they're targeting the rudders, sometimes scraping at them with their teeth, and they're quite good at breaking those rudders. And so um, Alfredo Lopez, who is an orca researcher at the Atlantic Orca Working Group in Spain told me that almost 20% of the time that the orcas actually contact a boat, they damage it enough so the boat is no longer navigable. They can't sail it.
0: If this began all the way back in 2020, why did it only start receiving this kind of coverage uh, in recent months? Because it feels like now, even just over the last several weeks, uh, we've heard a bunch of these reports. Have they just been happening steadily and we haven't paid attention?
1: Yes. Uh, you know, some newspapers did report on the first attacks back in 2020. OK. And last year, Lopez and his team did a study on those 2020 attacks that got a little bit of coverage, but it was mostly in the science press. Mm. And I don't know why it's taking off now. I would say maybe third time's a charm. This is the third time that they've actually sunk a boat. And maybe that starts to feel like a trend when you have three instants. <laughs>
0: How often is the behavior happening? You mentioned three sunken boats. Uh, It began in 2020. Do we have uh, like a full on tally of just how many attacks there have been, how common it is?
1: Yeah, so this is still very uncommon. The chances of getting attacked by an orca in the Strait of Gibraltar is very low. That's good. But yeah, you, you have to understand like this is a very high traffic area for watercraft. You know, boats are in and out of here. Right. Um, Lopez and his team say that the orcas are only contacting maybe one out of every hundred boats in the area. And a lot of the times they're not damaging those boats or maybe they're not even having direct contact. The orcas might come up to the boat but not touch it. Since 2020, the ORCA working group has recorded 505 reactions and not all of those are contact. Okay. And when they do contact the boat, maybe it's a few seconds, but sometimes it can be over an hour of them bumping up against the boat and they'll typically approach under the boat. So the crew doesn't know they're there and then start kind of nudging it, Uh, pushing at that rudder. Hmm. Um, If the captain tries to push the rudder back, they'll often push back harder. Um, And once the crew stops the boat or if the rudder breaks, they're typically losing interest in swimming away. Okay. Uh, Most of the time, they're not interested in going after the boat once it's not moving anymore.
0: That's fascinating. Has anybody been hurt uh, in any of these attacks?
1: Luckily, no one's been hurt. Okay. And the orcas don't seem interested in attacking or hurting the humans on these boats. In one case, people who were on board one of the sailboats that sank, they had to get into a lifeboat. And the orcas didn't bother them at all, despite the fact they're on a very small boat, very vulnerable. And we don't have any cases of orcas killing people in the wild.
0: What kind of orca population are we talking about here? And can you describe them a bit and their usual habitat? You mentioned it's a really busy shipping area. Is that typical? What is it like?
1: Yeah. So this area has been shared by orcas and people for as long as people have been uh, sailing. You know, this is a Mediterranean region has been an area where there have been people boating for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And we have records going back of people reporting running into killer whales in the area. So who's there now? This is a really small, critically endangered, actually, subpopulation of orcas. They're separate from the other populations in the Northeast Atlantic. They kind of stay in their own uh, bubble, I guess. And as of the last time there was an official census, that was in 2011. There were actually only 39 orcas in that whole subpopulation. And what they're doing there is mainly eating bluefin tuna. That's their favorite food. Uh, People also fish for bluefin tuna. So that sometimes brings them close to fishing boats. Mm -hmm. Other than that, you know, they're doing what orcas do, which is raise their young, hunting, and the usual orca
0: things. Okay. First of all, is it all of them doing this? All 39 orcas or just a handful of them? Or do we even know?
1: No, I don't think so. As of 2020, there were actually only about nine orcas out of the whole group regularly doing this. Okay, Maybe more have caught on since then, but it doesn't seem like it's the whole pod. One of the groups in 2020 was a group of Three juveniles and was sometimes joined by a fourth juvenile. And then another was a group that was led by a female adult that researchers call Glottis Blanca. And one of her offspring and two of her sisters would join
0: her as well. Let's get to the big question here. Why on earth would an orca subpopulation start doing this?
1: So scientists have two theories as to why the orcas are attacking these boats. Um, And so one is that the orcas might have had a bad experience with a boat. Like maybe one of them got struck by a boat. Maybe one of them became entangled in fishing line. And the researchers don't know which orca might have had this experience. They suspect it could have been Gladys Blanca because she was the only adult in the initial attacks. Mm -hmm. But they don't have any proof that she was actually injured. There's no record of it. It's just that in general, a lot of the orcas in this area do have scars from rope or have been hit by boats because sometimes they will come up to the uh, fishing boats and try to snag tuna off of the fishing lines. Right. (laughs) So that does bring them close and sometimes they get wrapped up and uh, that might be the case that now they think there's something bad about these boats and they want to keep them away.
0: So let me ask one question about that before we get to the other theory because this is something that I've been wondering about. How would they know to go after the propellers?
1: We do not know why they're going after the rudders. Do they understand what the rudder does? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can see inside the orca's mind. I think one theory is simply the rudder sticks down and it moves and it's kind of like, oh, a toy. That's interesting. Um, It may not be that they're actually trying to disable the boats. They might just be messing around.
0: Okay, second theory, which is the weirder one. Tell me about it.
1: So the second theory is that this is just a fad. Orcas are these like super playful and curious animals. And sometimes they just kind of do stuff for no reason. (laughs) And just like in humans, it's often the teen orcas who tend to start fads. And we know there are some juveniles involved in this behavior.
0: I can't believe we're talking about whale fads, but like explain how it works and what kind of stuff they do.
1: Well, I mean, just like humans, orcas are social animals. So they live in these family groups and these pods and they work together to hunt for food. So they're wired to learn from each other. You know, adults are always teaching their young how to hunt and they're smart, like you said. So they often are teaching each other new tricks. Like I read about one case where an orca figured out that it could go up to the surface of the ocean and regurgitate the fish it had eaten. And that would lure down seagulls and other birds. And then the orca could catch those birds. Smart. And it taught other orcas in its pod how to do the same. My favorite orca trend, I think the funniest, is the salmon hat. So in 1987, this juvenile orca um, off the coast of Washington state started swimming around with a dead salmon on its head for no apparent reason. Right. And all the other orcas thought this looked super cool. And so for the rest of the summer, salmon hats were all the rage in this area, in this uh, southern resident population here. And after a few months, all the orcas just kind of got over it, kind of sure. like humans get over Pokemon Go or the ice bucket challenge or whatever's on TikTok. Um, and then they stopped doing it.
0: Why would this be a fad? Because look, the hunting thing obviously is super smart and makes a lot of sense. Um, The dead salmon thing is bizarre, but it's cool. So whatever. But you mentioned like they can hurt themselves on these boats and against these rudders. So how would this catch on?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I think that's part of what's fascinating about this is that we don't totally understand the orca thought process. They're kind of close to us in the sense that they're social, smart animals But we don't really understand their motivations. I talked to one researcher who said, you know, I don't think we're going to know because we just don't think the way they think. Our environment is so different from theirs.
0: In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. Our researchers is baffled by this and, and what do they make of it in general?
1: I would say they're baffled in the sense that nobody really knows why they're going after boats. But they're not necessarily surprised that the orcas have taught each other to do this because they know that orcas teach each other to do things. And mm-hmm. they also know that orcas are very curious and playful and interact with their environment. So. It's not a surprise in the grand scheme of orca behavior, but they are concerned because the, the concern is that there will be backlash against the orcas. It's a critically endangered subpopulation. And the researchers in Spain, they started this working group because they were concerned that people might start retaliating against the orcas <laughs> or it might affect how people are interacting in the water. So the, the risk is more to the orcas than to people in the end.
0: If you log on to uh, any social media site right now where every time there is one of these incidents now, it prompts a round of like, yes, I'm on Team Orca. You know, <laughs> what does that feel like to you to see uh, to see this gain that kind of attention?
1: It's very funny because as a science reporter, I'm often reporting on things that my friends in my daily life and family have not read about or heard about is a niche area. Right. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, did you hear about those orcas? (laughs) And I'm like, yes, I wrote an article about those orcas.
0: It really has seemed to fascinate people, though, especially because, as you mentioned, you know, it's only three boats and nobody's been hurt, Um, but it's making international headlines.
1: Yeah, I think people are really drawn to these stories that emphasize our vulnerability as humans because we're so dominant, but we're also these relatively tiny little breakable biological organisms. And if you can imagine this animal that's longer than a pickup truck coming after you in the ocean, uh, that's, you know, almost something out of a horror movie. It's, it's like the plot of Moby Dick. So it's a very visceral reaction I think we have to these kind of stories.
0: What should people do if, you know, you're on a sailboat in that strait and all of a sudden, like you mentioned, you know, first they come up and check you out. Like we have rules for like, you know, a bear attack. You make yourself as big as possible or whatever. (laughs) What do you do when an orca is staring at you from the water? I
1: don't think there is a specific protocol for orcas. Um, From what I've read, the Spanish authorities are saying, you know, stop the boat and try not to look interesting. So don't be moving that rudder around, I guess. But uh, there isn't really a proven way to avoid the orcas once they've decided they're going to put you in their sights.
0: Could the behavior escalate? What if it does?
1: So far, this has only been seen in this part of the world. And they are a distinct subpopulation. So they really may not have a chance to teach it to other Atlantic orcas because they may not overlap all that much. But they could certainly keep teaching it to one another and they could certainly keep doing it. And so far, there isn't all that much that people can do about this. There have been warnings in the region by the authorities that they should report orca sightings, you know, go slow when you're sailing in this area if there are sightings to stay away from the orcas. Mm-hmm. But there isn't really a proven way. that orcas obviously can come up to your boat without you knowing until they're there. So uh, it's a big open question as to what comes next.
0: I'll ask this last because you mentioned it. Um... Should we worry about a backlash against these creatures? I, I'm, and maybe not against these creatures in general, but um, I assume that that strait is pretty important, both for pleasure craft and and transportation. Will the authorities push to do something about this if it continues?
1: I think that the biggest danger is likely to the orcas themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people feel threatened, we can do a lot worse to the orcas than they can do to us. Uh, and that could be individuals deciding that they're scared of an orca and, you know, trying to harm one. So I think the main thing in that area right now is education for the people who use those waters. And also just a continual reminder that these orcas are not going after people and we don't have any cases of orcas attacking people directly in the wild.
0: I will leave you with this, though. If the first theory is correct and the orcas are going after the boats because one of them was injured by a boat, and as you mentioned, somebody in a sailboat gets scared and tries to take matters into their own hand and does hurt one of these orcas, whose fault is what happens next?
1: I mean, it has to be humans, right? We're the ones who are in their environment, and we're also the ones that, as smart as orcas are... We're a little more socially complex, and we have the ability to avoid that region much more than the orcas do.
0: So Team Orca, then?
1: I guess I'm on Team Orca, although I don't really want to be on a sailboat (laughs) in general, so it's easy for me to say.
0: There you go. Stephanie, thank you for explaining this to us. This was a really interesting conversation. Thank you. Stephanie Pappas, writing in Scientific American. That was the big story. If you'd like more, head to TheBigStoryPodcast.ca. If you have any other crazy animal behavior stories that you'd like us to investigate, please send them along because I love this stuff. And of course, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. You can write to us with an email at hello at TheBigStoryPodcast.ca. And you can call us and tell us a story at 416-935-5935. The Big Story is available in all podcast players everywhere. And you can ask for it on your smart speaker by saying, play The Big Story Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow. Hi there,
1: I'm Gavin Crawford. I'm a writer, an actor, and a comedian. And for the last eight or nine years, I have been navigating life with my mother's increasing dementia... Has it been sad? Yeah. Has it been funny? Also, yeah. That's what my brand new podcast series, Let's Not Be Kidding, is about. It's the true story of my life as a comedian, my mom, and dementia. Let's Not Be Kidding, with me, Gavin Crawford. A new
0: seven-part series from CBC Podcasts, available now.